Hello and welcome to the first ever Gift Ed podcast. We are excited to kickstart our inaugural course, Redesigning Society, Global Challenges and Purpose-Driven Lives, with a conversation on finding purpose and leading change. My name is Elaine Fernandez and I'll be your host for today. Today we are talking to two highly accomplished guests who have led change within their respective spheres of influence and despite their many successes and setbacks, continue to be driven to do so. We'll be learning how their purpose has enabled them to persevere and thrive in the process of creating significant impact in their careers and communities. Our first guest today is Mariam Almansuri, General Manager of Rebound Plastic Exchange, a world first in facilitating the global trade of used plastic for recycling. Mariam has had extensive experience not only in the creation of sustainable solutions, but also in government policy at the local, national and global level. Our next guest, Chandra Nair, is the founder and CEO of the Global Institute for Tomorrow, GIFT, an independent pan-Asian think tank focused on advancing a deeper understanding of today's most critical drivers of global change. People often talk about having a sense of purpose, but what that looks like or how we go about identifying it for ourselves can often be a challenge to grapple with. And we hope to shed some light on how we can go about this process through today's conversation. Mariam, perhaps we can start by talking about your journey in finding your purpose and how it has shaped what you do today. Elaine, when it comes to finding purpose, I think no one just wakes up all of a sudden and is like, oh, this is my purpose, let me pursue it and see where it goes. It's not a job or a career opportunity that is like a trial and error basis, but rather with myself, I think I always knew my purpose when I was younger because I tended to... Um, follow or read or buy items that have to do with the environment, that have to do with animals. And being from the UAE, uh, it was always interesting to um, read about climate change and heat because, um, you know, it's a desert-based country. It's always hot. And um, seeing how that affects agriculture, food security, water, etc. And... Um, when it comes to pollution or human-based actions, um, you know, every individual feels responsible, whether they admit it or not publicly. But um, so much of the environmental damages today are caused by us, because of us. And so um, the purpose was always embedded that I was um, attracted or always leaning towards environmental issues. And I think um, Rebound Plastics Exchange summed up what I love doing, which is addressing environmental aspects, but also through economics. It's interesting to hear that your passion for environmental issues emerged from what you paid attention to as you grew up, and that your purpose evolved along those lines. Chandran, what are your thoughts on your sense of purpose being about more than your job or your career? I think it's really good uh, what Mariam said about um, it's not a job. It's not something that you just switch on the light and say, this is going to make me sound uh, like a caring person. You actually care. So I think the caring side, we quite often, um, for me, has been the trigger. When I look back, I didn't really understand all of that. But I did have something and, uh, that made me pursue deeper insights into anything that I thought was unfair, uh, injustice. Uh, you know, it uh, it continues to rage in me 
though I'm a bit more tempered these days, uh, in sense that uh, I want to I want to seek a solution. I want to I want to talk at least talk about it. I want to identify it. So I think for me, perhaps some somewhere in that is um, the the inability to tolerate what I see as injustice, um, the inability to accept intellectually dishonest framings of very important issues in very simplistic ways, and the idea that one needs to also help guide others. Right. So it's not just observing what's going on around us, but actually caring about and being moved to respond what we see that helps us cultivate that sense of purpose. This actually reminds me of an experience you've shared before, Mariam, about how your participation in GIFT's Global Leaders Program in India actually changed how you viewed and even used water. Could you share more about your experience with us? Because it sounds like it was very impactful in terms of clarifying and forming your purpose to live more sustainably. We went to one of the hotels, I think it was in Pune, Chandran, where they told us you only have one minute to shower. The second you turn the shower on and then in a minute, you know, the, the, the water runs out and you're stuck with that. So I came to pick up um, the value of water um, back in India through the GLP. When I came back home uh, to the UAE and even during my time in India towards the last few days, I realized that I started not to drink water because I kept feeling like, you know, we have this extensive um, amount of water bottles that we can easily reach to. But when it comes to farming water, that should be easier to find and cheaper to facilitate. These families and families and, and millions of people can't seem to find it, unfortunately. And we're just drinking water like it's an easy thing to grab and, and have. Coming from where I used to work in terms of um, the cabinet um, and my role in policymaking was Unfortunately, sometimes you think money can solve everything or you'd think that um, the more financial um, capability someone has to put instant cash on the table, the faster problems would go away. And that was not the case at all when it came to the project we were dealing with because, and I'm getting goosebumps right now as I speak, because every time we used to speak to the stakeholders that were involved in the, um, in the agriculture project that we were trying to give recommend recommendations and solutions to, you know, at the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so how much does this cost? Or what is the budget that we need to allocate to get this problem fixed? Because you want to fix a problem naturally, you know, you see a problem in front of you and you want to do your best to fix it. But I was, I had this idea fixated in my head that the hardest thing that we should push for and, and make sure to get done is to get the budget. Every time we spoke to someone, people said, we just want water. We don't want money. We want water. So when I saw Chandra and I told him part of picking up on what you see or what you hear from people that are affected from something is what gives you the drive to wake up and do what you do. If you can, you should, and you should continue to always try to solve a problem and provide a solution. You will fail, you will face challenges, but there's no, um, you know, you, you do it from the first time 
and then you succeed and and you're you're the hero. You have to learn and you have to listen and you have to be patient in order to facilitate and provide a solution. And I think all of what I just said um, came out of or started stemming out of my trip to India because all we had to do in India was give people our time and our ear. So beyond just the emotional response to your observations, it sounds also like a mindset shift. And that came from the insights you gained through engaging more deeply with the challenges faced by the people that you were working with. What are your thoughts on this, Chandran? So uh, I think what Mariam just said also, and it's clearly what got me uh, to think, to reflect on myself, uh, my own sort of journey, if you want to call it, that's numerous inputs in life that jolt you in different ways. And then you react and you can, or you are a mere observer. And the important thing is the starting point here is it starts you to think differently. So a purpose is not necessarily driven by this project or, or I need to get to this goal. The starting point is really the way you think. You start to think, you start to connect many things and that's uh, what we're also trying to do on this course. And a lot of people say, I never thought about this, right? That doesn't mean they don't have purpose in life, but they might have it in a certain way that they look at certain things. But for me, it's all about you start that thinking process. And the last point I want to say is, but it's also exposure. But by exposure, we need to be careful that we're not limited with not thinking of those of us who are privileged enough to expose ourselves to a diverse world. Let's remember there are a lot of people in local situations who are, are very purpose-driven. Otherwise, the world will be uh, you know, a lot more trouble uh, in a difficult situation. And exposure to new ways of seeing and thinking about the world is exactly what we're hoping to provide through GiftEd, to stimulate thought about the issues we're facing as local communities and as a global society, and help provide a sense of how to identify and nurture that sense of purpose, which can then translate to action. On that note, coming back to day-to-day -day life perspective, how do you grapple with the short-term pressures of generating an income, for example, yet also creating the change you want to see that is driven by your sense of purpose? Growing up, my mother always told me that you have to, everything starts from the house or the home that you live in. Um, you first have to try to implement it within your close circle of people, within your house. So even if on a personal scale, you have a specific passion or purpose that you want to pursue, you first have to make sure that you can do it or feel comfortably uh, comfortable doing it uh, in a small space before you, you know, go out and and um, take it uh, public or take it global or local, etc. When it comes to pressures in the short term pressure, um, I like to follow a specific method. Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, I focus on the step that's right ahead of me. I don't look at the full staircase because deep down, whether it whether you're more emotional or more logical, so whether you're more connected to your heart or to your mind, the end purpose or the end goal is always there. It is actually what forms your thinking on a day-to-day -day basis. I love the idea that uh, essentially you start, you start with the space you're in. 
uh, and you start with under the roof you live and where you sleep and you cook and you eat and the people you share that space with. There's a lot of us who forget those things. The family needs people who have a sense of purpose too. It's not just a society at large. The society of la at large is made up of all these units um, and millions of units of families, homes, of people under a roof. So I think that's so good. So we start within our own spheres of influence, but those efforts can then extend beyond our homes and families to the collective. Just to build on that, do you think culture plays a part in this? And how important is it for us to think more collectively alongside our individual goals and desires? So different cultures have different ways of engendering a sense of purpose. You know, so I had the opportunity to spend time in Japan. And I think in Japanese society, one thing that I think drives a kind of collective sense of purpose is the Japanese sense that the collective is more important than the individual. So what drives every Japanese person, unwittingly even sometimes, is to a purposeful sort of organization organically is that collective sense of society. Yes, there are elements of it which you could say, you know, stifle some creativity, etc. But it brings a certain order because the drive is in the societal sense uh, to everyone to purposefully engage with the collective, the collective welfare. So it's the collective approach of, you know, we, are, we might be a person, but we all know that one person can impact and do so much. It's recognizing that you don't live in a bubble and you cannot do everything on your own. People cannot build empires or successful stories alone. They might be able to lead it and be a part of it, but they cannot do it 100%. Even a bakery cannot be done by one person. Someone came and fitted the oven. Someone came and put the display. You know, there are a lot of invisible activities that are done by being as a team, you know, being formed as a team. A team solves everything. The sense of collectivity solves everything. And working together, um, again, solves everything. You cannot do anything on your own. And if you were five steps behind with the right people and with the right mindset and willingness to share success, you'll suddenly be, you know, 50 steps ahead. Quite often when we talk about purpose, there's almost been a celebrity culture now about people with purpose. I think what we have kind of touched around is um, irrespective of whether it's your sense of purpose is something that's a wider societal ill or whether your sense of purpose is around, I need to get my family uh, from this situation to a better one. Whatever it is, it's a collaborative thing. And you do it not because you want uh, to be recognized, but because you actually believe it's the right thing to do. Many people have deep sense of purpose. Maybe they're not able to articulate it. But that should not make us think they don't understand. Uh, they don't, they're not driven by something like that. From listening to you both, it sounds like our sense of purpose is something that drives us beyond external validation, but also tempered with the recognition that even with the strongest drive, we cannot achieve everything on our own. Is there a sense then that purpose can become a double-edged sword for people if they don't realize this? So 
One of the things I think we need to do is uh, also not make uh, having your sense of purpose uh, a sort of burden in life, right? So there's some people who almost, and, and I'm, I think this is good, they're so driven by whatever they see out there in their societies in the world, et cetera, and they carry it as a huge sort of burden on their back. And it can, I've met lots of people like that in the environmental movement, the political movement, in the social movement, who sort of got depressed because they felt they didn't achieve enough. They, sent, they felt that their purpose uh, and their objectives had not been realized, and now they're going to crawl away somewhere and then hibernate. Yet the amount of experience they have through the, as Mariam said, ups and down, falling down, falling down, is actually part of the success. And we like to bring those people too to share. So my point is, uh, it shouldn't be carried as a, as a burden. It's a, it's a journey of life and you catch little things and we try and excite people around doing things. It should be fun too. Based on what you've shared, Chandran, it sounds like some people may become overwhelmed by what they think they need to do to fulfill their sense of purpose, when it should really be more about having something to ground yourself in your day-to-day -day efforts, as Mariam shared before. Mariam, what do you think we can do to navigate this? How should we be thinking about it or framing it? I agree. In a very fast-moving, technological advanced time, my message is you should slow down and just relax and reflect and calm down. Um, you cannot save the world. Uh, you cannot um, go to outer space and see how your actions are affecting planet Earth. That is not doable. It's time to realize it. If you can help one person, and if you genuinely did it caringly and lovingly and willingly, if you're able to impact only one individual or one society or one community, then you will feel like you're living as an emperor for the rest of your life in terms of happiness. You know, if, if you think of it as um, building a snowman, you know, the snow particles come together and then we shape it, we pick it up, we start creating these um, spheres and then placing it on top of each other. And then a snowman is formed. And then maybe that's the way. If today people don't know what their purpose is, it's fine. It's most probably embedded in the actions that they like to do or choose to do over others. And then these are the small particles that form the sphere. And then their goal, or let's say their image, is when the final snowman is formed, they realize that this is what they want, and it takes time. So what would you say to people who are looking to discover their sense of purpose, but are not quite sure where to start? It's no pressure. No one's in a race, you know. Um, the world is already moving really fast. People are starting to get very anxious about their day-to-day -day experience when it's, it really shouldn't be the case. Take it step by step focusing and clearing your mind and realizing on what are the activities that come from within rather than what other people tell you to do or what other people tell you to do or what other people think is doing good. At the end of the day, it's what you do and what you act that builds your image. It's not these success stories that you um, type on Twitter or write on your LinkedIn like, oh, I did this, oh, I did that. No, it's calm down and it will come naturally. And it's it's all about caring from within and genuinely wanting to do something 
without expecting anything in return, whether it's a photo on the front page or whether it's a check that is deposited in your account. If this is what you relate your purpose to, then that's not your purpose. Again, Miriam's dropping so many diamonds here, or gems. But uh, so I want to just say one thing that she picked up on what Miriam said. You need to slow down to be able to smell the roses and to be able to then have time to think about purpose. In the world we live in today so fast, and particularly to the question earlier about how do we balance in you know, a short term, well, some of us don't even have time to balance. Uh, we're just running on a treadmill. So if you want to find, uh, if you want to find purpose, you have to retreat every day, find some time, smell the roses, think a bit. And that's, the, that's really how uh, we find ourselves. And only when you find yourself can you find purpose. Otherwise, you're not going to find any purpose because you're just running. Find yourself first and then find your purpose. So good reminder, Mariam. Thank you so much, Mariam and Chandran, for that very insightful session. Finding purpose is a uniquely individual journey. We can discover or reignite our own sense of purpose by paying attention to what triggers a sense of care and passion within us and motivates us to do something about it, whether it's within our own personal sphere of influence, in our communities, at work, or in the world at large. So keep this in mind as you move through the rest of the course, be open to new perspectives and insights on the challenges facing humanity, and the potential for creating impact and making change in areas you feel passionate about. Throughout the course, we'll be hearing from purpose-driven pioneers in the fields of economics, business, and sustainable development. And in the final module, we'll be giving you practical tools for identifying and articulating your sense of purpose and translating that sense of purpose into action. So thank you for listening and for taking this first exciting step towards redesigning society.